Welcome back. Um, you haven't heard an episode of The Computer Room in probably several months. I can't remember when I released the Adam Lanza episode with Gio, um, but I'm doing yet another format change. Um, I have brought on a new co-host who you'll meet shortly, and all the other episodes that I banked up um, will be coming out on a bi-weekly basis as, um, as a bonus on my Substack. So... Without further ado, <laughs> let's dive right back in. Thanks for that introduction to the <laughs> podcast, Cat, which I definitely listened to religiously and never missed an episode of, and I definitely know what I'm getting myself into <laughs> as I as I agree to this biweekly commitment. <laughs> And I don't, okay, I, I don't even know what bi-weekly means. Is that like, that's not twice a week. That's every other week, That's right? every other week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the fuck did I sign up for? Um, not too much. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, should I, should I introduce myself? Yeah. Okay. Um, I am, uh, you know, another terminally online woman. Um, uh, I'm at Poetry Grifter. I'm um, primarily uh, a poet. Uh, it, it, I'm in an MFA program. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say about me. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's, this is you all know. a ploy to get my like psychotic listeners to report you to your graduate department. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. I uh, this this program has gone on for too long. I need to, <laughs> I, I need to become, um, you know, I, I need to be thrown back out onto the step and and become like a step warrior as um, as BAP advises us. <laughs> you know, but I, the only reason I bring that up is because we're talking about <laughs> Bronze Age mindset today. Um, and finally, some good news yeah. by um, our dear friend, Delicious Tacos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Weirdly, yes. two like very tender pieces of online right, I guess, very broadly online right literature. Yeah, I mean, a dissident literature, maybe I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't say that there's anything inherently right wing necessarily about finally some good news. Um, though I would say, obviously, Bronze Age mindset is obviously very, very right leaning. But well, that's, yeah. so that brings up like a good point. I feel like there is like the online right isn't necessarily mm-hmm. always right wing. It's mm-hmm. a very weird, it's like a very diverse ecosystem. Um, and you know, like when the alt-right started to come into the news and become a news story, um, I feel like people sort of flattened it to like the whole, like if you're on the E-right, you're in the alt-right, but I think the alt-right is even distinct from the dissident right. Um, and it's actually like, if you were to like map it out, it's pretty like complex and it's just which one of these factions is going to be making headlines right now. Um, that's like a bit of autism <laughs> just to start us off. That, that so, is pretty autistic. I actually have no idea what the distinction is between those three terms. I, like, <laughs> I think there's, so I, so, you know, quite seriously, like, I do think that there's factions that have different beliefs, right? So hmm. I think it's very easy to think like, oh, the dissident right. So that's, you know, you could think of like, there's, you know, the old heads there would be, uh, Nicolo from Salo Forum, Delicious Tacos, Moldbug, 
uh, BAP, of course, Thomas 777. But when you like look at what each of these guys and their acolytes and, and their copycats and whomever believe, they all believe different things, right? Like delicious tacos isn't political, but the manosphere and the, the weird area he occupies, mm -hmm. which is sort of like, you know, it's he's not totally of the manosphere, but that's definitely like right-wing coded. So I think like it, it falls under this larger umbrella of the E-right. Um, and Geo, Geo is pretty good on this. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Like even the alt-right, right. Believed different things than the dissident, right. Um, and I, I'll, I'll link actually a good essay on this called the rise and fall of the alt-right, uh, mm -hmm. which really puts this into like sharp relief. Um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's not all one thing, even though from the outside, it does seem like one thing. Yeah, I'm just thinking about that. Like, I, I remember seeing um, some sort of like network graph image that had been released by some what like German hate hate speech research group or something. And it basically just had like, you know, just like like a ton of like Twitter mutuals and like shit posters and um, things like that. And and that was like sort of all under the umbrella of, um, you know, supposed I, I think it was I think they painted it as like hate speech, even though a lot of it was just like um, completely like comical or nonsensical. Right. It's um, like, like yeah. Jesse single gets sort of like folded into this, which is totally absurd. Um, and, you know, it's why like people, it's like all these extremism researchers fail to make these distinctions. Um, and it's also why it seems like there's a lot of infighting, right? Um, like when the trads are against, uh, you know, the Baptists, uh, of course, there's friendships, you know, when there's strange mm -hmm. bedfellows and it's a big tent and you all have like similar goals, like weird alliances do form, yeah. but also mm -hmm. like the, as, as, you know, as we'll get into, like BAP is not trad, right? Like mm -hmm. he does not. Uh, promote that kind of lifestyle. So it's it, the part, I think part of the tension happens in, in like assuming that those are the same groups because they absolutely, they absolutely aren't. They just occupy this like strange space of not the mainstream. Um, so they'll like rally behind, you know, like Blake Masters or something, right? And they'll have common goals. They all are, you know, against the, the tyranny of, uh, you know, transgender people or whatever. Of course, I'm saying that ironically. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's like, it is, it's pretty complex and there's lots and lots of different tribes there. Okay. You'll have to, you'll have to explain a little bit more about how Baptists are distinguished from trads. Um, I didn't necessarily pick up like a huge distinction when I was reading Bronze Age Mindset. Like I could see how, um, I, I honestly could see how, um, BAM could be sort of used as fodder for trad arguments. Um, but I didn't, you know, I didn't get that from finally some good news, um, which I thought was, had, had a pretty different vision, honestly. Oh, totally. Of, uh, of everything from like, you know, masculinity to vitalism um, to sort of what potentially constitutes like a healthy and functional society. Um, with that said, we should probably just say a little bit about the two texts. Like, I, I think we're assuming that everyone knows what they are, but maybe they don't. Um, so we're looking at two texts. One of them is finally some good news by Delicious Tacos, which is a um, pretty, you know, pretty um, short. It's a quick read. It's, it's a novel uh, that's set in, I guess, like sort of post-apocalyptic 
conditions, there's some sort of, um, is it a nuclear attack? There, yeah. there's, a, there's an attack on Los Angeles, basically. And it's about, um, you know, it's about that the protagonist is this guy that's been slaving away at some corporate job, you know, really hates his life. Um, and because he's thrown into this like post-apocalyptic situation, um, he's able to sort of rescue one of his female co-workers um, and they go on, I guess, like a journey across uh, California, you know, like in search of food and supplies and um, shelter. Um, so that's what that one is. Yeah. And the other one is Bronze Age Mindset. Um, mm-hmm which uh, many of you will already be familiar with. Um, I, I kind of agree with other descriptions of it where it's like, it's not really, a, it, it sort of touts itself as a manifesto, but it's not totally a manifesto. Um, if you've ever read like a book of like Camille Paglia's essays or even like Technopoly by Neil Postman, um, it sort of has, <laughs> if you can imagine what those two texts have in common, it sort of has that kind of like social commentary, culture commentary vibe to it. Um, and I would say it's, I would describe it as, um, if you could imagine those, those two, those two people collapsed into one with like a splash of, uh, like late 2010s forum culture, right? Um, it's, it's very, it's very famously like written in this like weird, uh, like accent or like mm-hmm. pigeon or something, but yeah. he doesn't actually, uh, you know, we, in my discord server, we were going to have it as like a book club pick, but people were like, no, like the writing style is, is, is off-putting, but he doesn't act. I don't think he's, it's that like cloying or anything. Like he doesn't really stick to it consistently. The spelling's pretty, you know, conventional. The, the syntax is pretty conventional. It's, it's just, there's some points where he, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why he does it or if he's offered an explanation for that. Um, but anyway, so he offers the, the, the thrust of it is that um, modern life um, isn't bad because it's modern, but you know the the lens through which we view the world, um, the the way our our society is structured, um, is basically treating men, men in particular like caged animals, um, and there is no uh, free space. Even expressions of masculinity that we have is an own space, mm-hmm. so it's like a simulation. Um, and what he what I what I got out of, out of it was that he seems to be like rallying for a return to unowned space, uh, you know, like, may, you know, there's a flare of like piracy in there and, yes. uh, you know, some, <laughs> some kind of like wacky things, but I think it's, it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty sound. Um, and it's a, you know, I think a pretty good, uh, critique of not just like technology, but, um, the, the ways in which it's, it's warped our perception of ourselves and, um, the, the world around us and, and what the, what the purpose of life is. Yeah, I, okay. Yes. I definitely agree with you that, um, I, it's more readable than I initially, um, thought it would be like it. Yeah. I, I actually think the sort of pigeon slash the, the weird syntax and grammatical lapses, um, are, 
are sort of front loaded. Like as you get into it, I mean, maybe, maybe you just get, maybe your brain just gets used to it. And, <laughs> um, but um, I actually think that as you get into it, it, it becomes like a little bit more straightforward. Um, and especially there are these, um, you know, what you called sort of tender um, and I would call like poetic passages um, where he's sort of like speculating about other people's interiority or, you know, emotions and things like that. And those sentences are written, you know, in perfect syntax. Um, and so the, the fact that he's able to sort of um, contrast like those little, like sort of high moments with this like sort of, um, you know, throw, throw away um, uh, sort of shit posty voice um is yeah it, it, I mean it's it's fascinating I haven't seen other writers uh sort of do that before um yeah so um I'd be interested in talking about um what you see as sort of common threads between the two texts and ways in which uh you thought they like maybe offered just differing or competing visions of, of masculinity or, or vitality or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think like delicious tacos book is, um, partially, I mean, he's, he's clearly like dissatisfied with the way things are. Um, (laughs) and you know, I, I, I read it, like part of me, like wanted to, like when I, when I finished it, I was like sort of interpreting it like less as like literally about this like post-apocalyptic, um wasteland and more about someone who feels like they fucked up their own lives and is skeptical of the current order but has this like deep desire to like work within it right like he he he, throughout I mean I feel like the whole story is just like attempts to be sort of like a typical man who's functioning within modern society as we know it and is failing at it right Mm -hmm. even to the extent that he um you know sort of inadvertently causes uh, this nuclear attack, right? Um, whereas I feel like uh, BAP is saying, you know, you don't, don't, don't stay with, don't, don't color within the lines, right? Like the the ideal thing is to, to, to transcend that, to keep moving forward. Um, whereas like, I, I, I feel like finally some good news has some sort of like perverse return or like adapting and, you know, sort of not really accepting that you don't fit into the mold, but like kind of wishing that you could. So I think they're, they're kind of, they're both, they're both dissatisfied with the same things, but offer like very different uh, solutions to that. Yeah. I kind of had the same, I guess I had sort of a similar take in that. um, I, I felt like just overall, like Bronze Age mindset had more of a quote unquote, like positive vision. Like it was, it was offering these, um, you know, the, the, the sort of these, these, uh, very distinct values, um, as an antidote, I guess, to, um, modern life, you know, everything from mastery, you know, to brotherhood, um, uh, beauty, health, hierarchy, all of this stuff. Like it was, it was basically, um, yeah, it had, it had more of the air of a manifesto. Whereas I felt like, uh, Taco's book was definitely more sort of, he, he kind of like gestures towards those values by showing you a world without those values. Um, right. And just sort of, uh, showing that, um, 
yeah, like basically, you know, the bug man's life is, um, you know, super, super depraved and unfulfilling. Um, and that it really, it seems like he has this sort of pessimism that it, that it can sort of be changed though, um, you know, short of an apocalyptic event like that, that is kind of that sort of typical, I, I would say it's like a very masculine fantasy. Like it, it, it's, uh, it's some sort of cattle, catalyzing event that allows you to prove your metal, um, to prove that you can, you know, as a man that you can do something besides make PowerPoint presentations. Um, and yeah, I guess there's, there's, there's more of a hopelessness, I think about, um, the ability to actually, um, you know, imp improve things like either incrementally or through politics or, or anything basically. <laughs> I feel like it's so interesting because I feel like outsiders, I, you know, I, I would consider myself an outsider actually, um, mm -hmm. would look at these two texts and sort of assume that they have like a coldness to them. Yeah. Um, and they have sort of like an impenetrable like masculinity, but mm -hmm. the, the sadness and melancholy that like runs through both texts is like very hard to ignore almost to the extent where like, you know, when people make these sort of like, you know, comments about the abrasiveness of either Taco's writing or Bap's writing. It's like, I, I wonder, like, have you read the, have you read any, <laughs> anything that these guys have written? Cause it's yeah. so, I found, I, I, you know, I found finally some good news, like very, like, I kind of like needed a moment after, I, you know, after I finished it, like it was, it's, it's very depressing, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of like passages in front stage mindset that are also very depressing. Um, I think yeah. we're probably thinking of some of the same ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, should we, like, should we try to read a couple? I have some, yeah, uh, let's have some highlighted here. Um, yeah, I mean, I, okay. Um, one, one scene that surprised me, I guess, in finally some good news is, um, and, and I think this is the only instance of this in the, in the novel, but basically um, there, there's, there, there are a few pages that it's just like an, an, an isolated um, episode where uh, the perspective flips from the male protagonist and um, becomes like the the female, you know, the 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 woman that he's um, he's been sort of he's helped to save, uh, and who he's traveling with, um, and it's from her perspective as like a adolescent girl, and it describes like a brutal um, rape scene, you know, from from her perspective, um, and that sort of and and then it and then it just moves out of it again. Um, but I actually thought that that was, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure that was, it, it's incredibly challenging, I think, for, um, I, would, I would say men to write women, but also women to write men, and, and for, for anyone to sort of um, extend their empathy, I guess, like as, as, like, a, as like a writer to, you know, um, to an experience that, that, that is so um, potentially like alien, alien to you yourself. Um, but I thought he did it with a lot of, um, yeah, tenderness with care, um, uh, with empathy. I, I, I feel, 
<laughs> I, I don't want to like, um, I, I almost feel like it's kind of sort of disparaging, like in our circles to say that, but I know I, I found like great, like, yeah, like you said, like tenderness and, and empathy. Um, yeah. Well, because they both have a lot of compassion for right. the situation that people are in, um, which is, you know, that it, we, we do lead these very lonely existences and it's very hard to break out of that loneliness. Um, and I think, uh, you know, there's, what is it? Like he sees uh, in Bronze Age mindset, he seems, I forget which animal exactly, but he sees some kind of like big cat at, mm-hmm. at the zoo. Um, and like, I feel like, you know, that's, that's the situation that we're all in. Like we can't, you know, not we're not necessarily going to kill ourselves. Right. But we can't, we don't have the full power to attack and defend ourselves either. Like we're just kind of stuck. Um, and you know, that's, I mean, that's the, the current that I feels that I felt like ran through both, both books. I mean, the other thing that I felt like really ran through, through both books is like seeing, uh, you know, the third world as partially Mm -hmm. like an escape and, and an antidote and like, acknowledging it for all its flaws and seeing like, well, you know, maybe I could just like enjoy the like diversity of human experience. There's that, like, there's that one line in, in BAM or it's a whole passage. Even I think, I think last time we spoke that, you know, you called this out. Um, Here's, you know, I won't read the whole thing, but here it is in just a sentence. I start to wonder about men like myself of around my age and what it would be like to be them, what they think moment to moment, what pulls them this way and that. I feel then a great longing for them and also for myself and think of the friendships that I could have had with them and the great tasks that could await. I feel beset by this as an almost erotic irritation that is diffuse and a great sadness and irritation that I will never know who lived in that building at at that window, never see what they saw looking out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Another one, another one I picked out from Bronze Age Mindset Um, I've wondered at these times how life could be if you were possessed only by one specific feeling. And if there is a man who has only felt the purest and most intense anger continually and nothing else, or who has felt only a very specific kind of joy and no other feeling, even sadness of certain kinds makes life beautiful and can be a spur to great things. Even panic is better than the numbness promoted in our time. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, an entire, (laughs) you know, sort of, sort of taxonomy of, of, um, emotion, right? Um, I, I feel kind of, I feel kind of, um, uh, irritated that, uh, there, so there, (laughs) did you see the, the, I think I sent it to you, the, the YouTube video where, where this like Asian chick, uh, like posits that BAM is like this great queer text or something. <laughs> the whole yeah, thing yeah. is just, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So she beat me to it, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I do think that, you know, I, I do think that there is, uh, like a really sort of, um, I guess just like fascinating like interiority that is being revealed between the um you know like like in the chinks of this um larger manifesto that has um sort of yeah like you said like a cold or or often interpreted as having sort of like um a cold or um 
you know, like hard, rigorous, masculinist uh, sort of thesis. There, there are these like really, really tender moments in it. Well, I feel like they're both just like desperately reaching out for human warmth, which is something that I don't know that I thought I would ever say about Bronze Age Pervert. And I think, I mean, part of that is, I mean, this, I think it actually points to a huge problem with a lot of internet culture reporting. It's very hard to go deep you know, and yeah. if you were to just look at BAP's Twitter presence, which is, you know, obviously like someone who's writing for even a, you know, center-right blog is going to, you know, like they're going to scan the timeline and and maybe what other people are saying and stop there. Um, you know, I, I, I think like that, that's not a good representation of who he is, what he's really promoting. A lot of this stuff happens in group chats, happens in the actual long form texts that they write. And this goes for all, you know, kind of like rightist uh, celebrities like this. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I I think that the only thing that like, yeah, that 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 tacos could sort of be faulted for um, is, you know, the way that he talks about women, which is obviously like very just jocular and 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 not at all um, anything that that is meant to, to to be taken as like an ironclad um you know statement about all women or, or anything like that but he does make these like little quips and like observations um about about the sexes and, and the relationship between them um this is but, a great point yeah. right because yeah. he does and this is like the great contradiction and something that like you know i've had um like my more like radical feminist readers ask me about mm. this up front like you know why like I, I'm pretty vocally like skeptical of porn, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, why do you platform DT if you have these mm -hmm. other opinions? And it's it is because of that tenderness. But he, he does talk about women like objects. But there's, you know, I, for me, it's like I don't think he really thinks women are objects. It's just the sort of, you know, like manosphere eroticism, right? That he brings to his work. And it is it is a really like what is his writing without, um, you know, like gesturing to the fact that he's attracted to girls who might be underage um, or, you know, talking about uh, prostitutes in the way that he talks about them. Um, there's still a tenderness in both of those, but I can, I understand what's offensive about that. Um, and I, you know, part of me is like, maybe that's just the reality of like male sexuality and like that it's, it's not always palatable and you just kind of, that doesn't foreclose on love or something deeper. It's just, it's messy. I mean, I'm so gay yes, in this way, I, but. I think he's willing to contend with that messiness um, in, in like a brutally honest way, right? Like the, the like passing thoughts that other men would sort of suppress and just never say, like he's willing to go there and say it. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, the, the thing is like, yeah, if you, if you actually read, you know, his work, like, uh, again, there was that, that, that sort of, um, that, that very carefully empathetically written rape scene in, um, finally some good news. Um, but there's, just in general, like the, the and, and, and again, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to say the protagonist is him or anything, but um, it clearly the protagonist like really fundamentally respects women and, and wishes the best for, for them, you know, like um, there's, there's towards the end of the book, 
I don't think this really spoils anything, but um, at a certain point, um, the protagonist's female companion decides to stay in a bunker with another man instead of continuing on the journey with the protagonist. Um, and after spending all this time, like, you know, defending her and like making sure she's like uh, safe and all of that, um, the protagonist says, she won't come with me. She doesn't care about me. The world ended. I'm still the lesser option. God, let her have everything I want, he prayed. Let her be desired and loved, interesting and important to somebody. So there's like, yeah, I mean, there's like this sort of sense of resonation that maybe in some way that that sort of gender, you know, relation will never never be, never be quite, <laughs> um, satisfying or fair, you know, whatever, whatever that means, um, you know, to, to women or to men. Um, but that ultimately he kind of just wishes the best and, and, and has this like, yeah, sort of profound fundamental, uh, respect, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's fair to, to, assume that this protagonist is a projection of him because I mean the tone that it's written in is very similar to his like memoristic stuff right, right which yeah. are like blog posts about his sex life basically yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to I don't want <laughs> no, like... to you know demean it right <laughs> because I, I I obviously I think mm -hmm. he is an exceedingly talented writer um yeah it's, it's a it's a really it there, I do also feel like even though he does get very like crass sometimes mm -hmm. there does seem to be like a separation um like he like some kind of shame in it oh yeah yeah there's so much shame yeah yeah where it's always coming back to this woman deserves love and I know I can't give it to her and I hope that she finds someone richer smarter more handsome and I think he's even written this in a few of mm -hmm. you know in multiple uh posts right or you know multiple sections of different books where it's like you know I fucked so and so or like I imagined like eating out so-and-so's ass mm -hmm. and then I imagined her like marrying someone better than me mm -hmm. or she did or in actuality she did go on to marry someone better than me and I think that's a very it's like I don't want to call it like post-nut clarity but there is some sort of like uh like <laughs> post-nut shame <laughs> just recurring. yeah no I feel like it's pre-nut though um <laughs> you're right because yeah I mean I, I mean, yeah, there, there have been, yeah, I've also read, you know, uh, from his essay collections or his, you know, blog posts and um, after, you know, after a certain amount of, I guess, yeah, cycles, cycles of this, right, cycles of, of dating and, and getting your hopes up um, and having them dashed again. Yeah, there is this sort of like cynicism about the other sex that just sets in and you see this among women all the time as well. Um, but I do think, yeah, I, I do think one of the sort of interesting questions is, yeah, like, besides that sort of cynicism and crassness, like, there is really nothing um, yeah, there's nothing right-wing, right, about, about tacos, really, um, and there is this sort of, it, it kind of seems like a, a, um, an assumption on, on both the left and the right that it, it's sort of just accepted that the personal is political, 
um, in, in that, like the way that you choose to conduct your relationships, for instance, right? Whether you sort of enter like a traditional arrangement with like a stay-at-home wife uh, and, and pop out, you know, kids versus, you know, living some sort of degenerate lifestyle with like, yeah, you know, like polyamory or something. Like it seems to be that we've all just sort of accepted that that those are expressions of politics. Um, and if we actually divorce those things, I, I don't think that that anything that Tacos writes can even be seen as really remotely political. Um, and at the end of Bronze Age Mindset, actually, um, you know, Bap warns against that sort of same fallacy. So he he says um, he says once you have a family, don't think this is a political achievement, right? Usually, a family is the end of a man. Um, this can be good and bad, but the necessities of caring for a family and the emotional demands usually blind you to anything higher. Um, right. And, and, and so, and, and so this just this, I guess this notion that like we're performing activism through our personal choices and the way that we conduct our personal relationships is, is something that like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I also like, I, I just, I just don't think that, um, it's 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 really like there's really strong arguments it's, a, there. it's like a way to prevent yeah. more serious forms of activism right thing yeah uh, which is like i can understand his beef with the trads right mm-hmm. you know because like your family is going to come first right and that has political ramifications but does it necessarily mean that your political vision is going to be realized or that the mere act of doing that is going to mean that like you're creating the world you want to see. Um, plenty of people are still having families under, you know, the regime, right? Said yeah. of course with scare quotes, but like it's, you know, just in the same way that like you're not inherently like bringing up, you know, about like uh, some kind of like Marxist fantasy by having like a rotating mm-hmm. door of like six, you know, uh, pot right. dealer boyfriends. Or- <laughs> right. Yeah. Relationship anarchy, right? That's what they call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, wait, I had something else to say there, but give me a second. <laughs> yeah, I guess the other, the other, um, the other sort of distinction I saw, you know, in 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 um, between the two texts is that, uh, whereas, BAP is kind of even though he explicitly says this is impossible like you're you're not going to return to step warrior you're not going to return to pirate or whatever you know in 2022 um even though he says that's impossible like the 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 anecdotes that he um provides like you know the historical anecdotes um that um and the way that the ways in which he writes about uh societies which had that like it, it, it is valorized. It is lauded. It is, you know, um, you know, encouraged in a way, even if he says it's not, it's not really possible now. Whereas I think in uh, finally some good news, like Tagos never sees that kind of society as, um, as like, I guess, good, <laughs> like, um, you know, because in the post-apocalypse, 
that that is the chance for for society to sort of reform along those like primitive lines. And he just wants to be like a paternal figure in like a very normative system. And that's sort of what I get out of mm-hmm. a lot of his work. Like I even get that from his tweets, honestly, and the advice that he gives and, and the column I do, like, it's just like, this is it. This is a guy who just wants to be like a father figure or something. And he, and he's very protective over Marcy. Who's the, uh, you know, well, not he, but the, the protagonist is very protective over Marcy. And mm-hmm. finally some good news in this way. That's very traditional. And I'm not saying that he's like secretly trad, but right. it's just like, he doesn't want to topple the system. He wants to topple what the system has become which is like a shell of itself. Um, you know, it's like, and, and like a lot of, a lot of the pain is like, I can't fill this role. I can't be the dad. I can't be the man who protects his wife. I can't even yeah. be faithful to the wife. And that's, that's what I feel is, is the recurring thing. I mean, there's this really, I, I thought the, there, there's a subplot and finally some good news where he's like seduced by this Filipina prostitute. Yeah. Um, and that's how he, this the, the main character gets in, involved with, I think like ISIS, like it's some kind of like convoluted, yes. like terrorist <laughs> plot where he, yeah. he, so he, he works in some sort of like, uh, like big data marketing firm or something. And he ends up like giving data to terrorists. And that's how the, the, the nuclear attack comes about. Um, and, you know, I thought there was something so like, I, first of all, I really understood in his description of that, like how someone could go to uh, Southeast Asia and fall in love and what that love looks like. And mm-hmm. it was very humanizing because you usually think of it like these men go to whether it's Ukraine or the Philippines, oh. and it's just like they're treating these like, you know, quote unquote, like mail order brides um, in this very like dehumanizing way. And they're just objects to like basically yeah. buy. Yeah. But you really see like what that love looks like, which I thought is like, that's, I mean, that's an achievement <laughs> to like make that yeah. believable. You accidentally join a terrorist organization because <laughs> of love. I mean, totally plausible. If you've ever watched like 90 day fiance, I feel like half of the, <laughs> the male contestants, well, like, you know, you know here's yeah. the thing with like, with 90 day fiance, you're like, some, a lot of those guys are just gross. You're like, you don't love her. They you just think gross, she's like, but just some of them are really sweet and, and really daft. <laughs> All right. And maybe I need to watch more episodes, but yeah, I thought, you know, like that, you know, that being like the glimmer of hope of like, maybe it could work. Right. Um, yeah. Maybe he could finally just retire somewhere else and like finally be a full man and being a full man looks like fulfilling this role in like a, a you know, a potent way, like maybe getting her pregnant and like taking yeah. care of that half white child. Right. It's, again like using the language of the text not my own right right I mean it's it's very like a personal sort of private vision of masculinity you know just like just having a flourishing relationship with a woman or you know having a family um but it, it it also yeah I mean there's um there's a scene in which you know they're 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 journeying through California and, and at a certain point, I think the protagonist gives Marcy a gun. He gives his female companion a gun and he tells her, can you just shoot any adult males you see, please? I don't trust anybody. Everyone we've seen is rapists. Um, and I think that, you know, that is, uh, yeah, that is in direct, you know, that, that's, that, that's directly contrasting um, the, the world in which, 
you know, the, the world that Bab sort of paints where, yeah, you would have these like warring uh, tribes of brothers and it would be like this sort of healthy, um, it, it could potentially be this sort of like a, a healthier, uh, more primitive, I guess, like society. Um, whereas I think tacos really sees like, no, that would be terrible. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work that way. Cause there, there's so many, there's so many people who would just, you know, uh, fuck shit up, <laughs> um, and, and be violent and, uh, and do crimes and, and stuff like well, I mean, that. Yeah. I think like, uh, eventually, eventually it would iron itself out. Like I, I kind of, yeah. I kind of buy both visions, right? It's just like the, the world of finally some good news is like, v1 and then once you get used to it right <laughs> and time passes mm-hmm. and the real strong men emerge and it's not just some like you know like fat naked dude just you know raping teenagers right like then you know maybe there's dangerous parts and like factions emerge and i mean that maybe that uh, that's also like revealing sort of my own i don't know like unrealistic thinking um i couldn't help but like think of john zerzan who's been on the, the show before um he's an anarcho-primitivist when i was reading bronze age mindset like mm-hmm. i don't know maybe maybe we can just start over again and go back you know yeah I, it's it's funny because like the the messaging to me in bam is very mixed um like like i said like he like w- when he's giving explicit advice he's like don't think you can do this like don't even try um but at the same time, he is presenting this vision, you know, as if it were something to aspire to. Um, and I, I think at the end, he's like a little bit more explicit, you know, in, in terms of direct advice, which was like, make memes, <laughs> make memes uh, to change people's minds or, you know, ingratiate yourself with, you know, in, in, in bureaucratic government roles or, or something like that. Like that, that's the most that you can like realistically do if you want to change things. Um, but which is very, very different. That, that's very, very different from the, the stuff that he talks about in the rest of the book. Right. Like there's nothing, there's nothing sort of fulfilling about being a bureaucrat in DC, um, you know, compared to, uh, you know, some, 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 some crazy, like, you know, Greek uh, warlord or something. I mean, do you think he, he means the advice that he offers later? Or do you think like he kind of just needed to wrap it up and that's, that's what made sense really at the time? That's a good question. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if any... <laughs> I don't know if anyone really means what they say online. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll say this, like to the, to the, the, the Zerzin analogy, I don't know that, and you know, I haven't read everything he's written, but like, I don't know that Zerzin's offering advice so much as like, uh, you know, saying it was better when, or it could be better if, right. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, because uh, Bat presents this as a manifesto, he feels like he needs to sort of wrap it up, right. But it's it's really maybe better understood as like this social commentary that says it would be better if and it was better when and the problems are this and, you know, even if there's yeah. no clear solution. Yeah, I mean, one kind of hopes that it's not a manifesto, to be honest. I mean, it is like there are there are a lot of part, you know, there there's a lot in it that, you know, isn't is isn't isn't aren't elements that I would want to see in a, in a society that I'd be living in. Um, so, so to, to some extent, yeah, I guess, I guess like I do sort of just think of it as, as, um, 
as social commentary, as like catharsis, as you know, whatever, because that's kind of the only sense in which you can parse a text like that and not just like lose your head and be like, oh no, this is, um, you know, (laughs) this is like a dangerous text or or whatever. Um, Yeah, but if you just sort of look at it as like, yeah, more commentary uh, than than a real manifesto that uh, that issues like advice. Then yeah, I think it works better along those lines anyway. Should we should we start wrapping it up ourselves? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I might cut that part out. <laughs> yeah. How should how should we end it? You think? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. All right, which one did you like better? Finally, some some good news or Bronze Age mindset? Ooh, that's a hard question. So, I mean, I I like novels. <laughs> so, and you know, the Finally Some Good News is like pretty straightforward fiction uh with, you know, a, a beginning, middle, um climax and end. Um whereas Bronze Age mindset, like I've literally never read anything like that before. It, it doesn't it, it it is like genre defying. I, I don't even say that as a compliment. It just is. It's like I, but it's you know, very I don't strange. understand. Yeah. I don't understand why. I don't think that's true. I don't think it is genre defying. No. What? I, I no, because I think, well, okay, so all I read is like nonfiction that's like critiquing okay. the world we live in, right? Okay. Yeah. I think it's like, I don't know, like maybe if you gave Neil Postman like a bunch of mushrooms, he could have written it. I mean, I don't think that's I, not, not that extreme, but I, I I don't think it's that different from other sort of like, this is the wacky world we live in <laughs> kind of books, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, well, I guess to me it was, uh, it was new. Um, and I, I think this is something that, um, Alex Perez has written about, you know, in uh, in an article, I think that that was titled something like um, the uh, literary bad boys or something, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, that that there's there's a sense in which it would be really um, like a really sort of incomplete analysis of these texts to just like take them on their own without considering the internet personas that their authors have built around themselves. Um, because that, those, you know, those bodies of tweets are also kind of part of the text here that yeah. you're reading. Um, I, okay. So, I think yeah. that's, I think that's right. Yeah. And I, you know, people always ask like what replaced the movie, what replaced the novel. Right. And like, I kind of do think that like, uh, you know, the real time performance of someone's Twitter timeline is yeah. not the only, you know, dominant form of media, but it's definitely like one that should be considered as like a type of performance. And I am careful not to call these guys like performance artists because I don't think they are, but right. I do think it's like, you know, like the newspaper changed everything and, the, you know, and then TV changed right. everything. And I think that's like, this is another similar thing where you have to look at the Twitter persona in the same way you'd look at like the TikTok persona or whatever and be like, okay, this, this in itself is like a form of storytelling intentionally mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like, yeah, you, you have to sort of read these with, you know, with, with sort of that like weird parasocial um, layer as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would say that finally some good news is sort of, I, I liked it in a more straightforward way. 
but um, BAM is sort of more innovative and um, maybe like potentially interesting. I don't know. What about you? What did you think? Um, I I really liked BAM. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it just felt very similar to the kinds of writing that I'm like always seeking out. And like, it has the same insights that I find myself like drawn to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I finally, some good news for me is like so it's so enjoyable that like, I find myself like wanting to go on like a DT binge, you know, like I just yeah. want to like go like yeah. read all his tweets or read, you know, read every blog post. <laughs> um, and so, so, I mean, he, he, for me, he wins on the parasocial. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I'm blocked by BAP enemy number one, you know, not enemy number one, but definitely an enemy of, of his brand. So the attachment is a little bit less. <laughs> Less yeah, you, you should have disclosed that before we started this episode and picked, <laughs> picked these texts. What, you're blocked? By oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He thinks but I'm a yeah. fed. He's, he's like issued a fatwa against me. He, he warning to his telegram. Um, I am blocked by like 2000 people, partially because of, of his uh, admonitions against me. Um, I mean, you know, I occupy, I'm sure I occupy very, very little real estate, but he is he is no fan of mine. <laughs> That's funny. Which is a shame, right? Because I think he makes some like really, uh, really smart, you know, he has some really smart insights about, about the world we live in. Um, and he, I think that he, he would be like interesting to read alongside some of the other, other people that I I read and cite all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you have like an alt where you can log in and look at, you know, (laughs) dead woman, 1488. Uh, just kidding. (laughs) Um, anyway, I guess that's, I guess that's, uh, episode one, season three of the computer room. (laughs) That wasn't, that wasn't too bad. (laughs) 